Hey, worship leaders, we have an awesome episode for you today. Cece Winans joins the Loop Community Podcast to sit down with Loop Gospel Director Otto Price. They talk about the impact her song Believe For It has had since it released last year, multicultural worship, and a lot more. Love this interview. We love Cece Winans. Be sure to get the master tracks for her album Believe For It on loopcommunity.com. I am so excited today to uh, be able to sit with a friend, real sit with a really a music icon. You, you can say those words for some people, but in, in this case, uh, to have CC Winans on, being a music icon isn't a stretch. It's, it's an actual reality. So welcome to uh, this, this, this time with us. CC. how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, man. First of all, her smile lights up the room, no matter where it's at. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I just wanted to first talk a little bit about some of the last times we uh, were both kind of been in ministry, but one of the last times we really talked uh, a lot in detail was during this little thing called COVID. And um, mm-hmm. when, yeah, when, when uh, both of our churches were kind of going through phases of uh, we couldn't meet in person, we were doing a lot mm-hmm. of meet online. I know that you guys, uh, when I was uh, serving in a church, you guys were able to come over and and we, because uh, I was overseeing all the media department and everything, and right? Come over and we did a lot of a uh, church in the box, as I called it. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's right, in so, the box. <laughs> yeah. So talk a little bit about that. Just even before we get into the music side, how has that been? Being, you know, having a church, you know, thriving, and then what would have been some challenges? Right. Going into that and then coming out of it for you guys. Well, well, you know, it was it was a it was a scary time for people. It was something that we had never lived through before. Mm -hmm. Um, And but at the same time, the 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 box was a blessing. You know, we being virtual was a was a blessing. It was it was new for us. A lot of churches did it prior to pandemic, but we we hadn't. And um, so to get we had to just. Thank God for the teams, the people who were willing to work and to make that shift and to make that change. And uh, and so it was good. A lot of good things came out of it. You know, it was always hard not to be in church, you know, and thank God we went to church a lot sooner. We went back to church in person a lot sooner than most churches, you know, around the country. Um so, but still being isolated was just no fun. You know, when, when I walked back in, I was like, Lord, I thank you. The things we take for granted, you know, the things we take for granted. And so during that time it was, it was challenging, but at the same time, it really challenging because you're not there and you're learning how to do it and co- to connect with people, even though it's virtually, but, but a lot of beautiful things came out of it. First of all, we were able to reach more people than we had ever reached before with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So right away, I was like, oh, okay. Um, and then we, we, we birthed out that ministry, you know, the virtual ministry that is still going on now. So, so great things like, just like God, you know, no matter what, where we end up and what has been dished out to us, God works it all out for our good. I think even just you saying that is, is, um, it's a beautiful picture. And I think, especially as people of color, uh, something, especially in worship, you, you realize those things that are struggles, why mm-hmm. not those things that make you stronger? I think the great mm-hmm. for Kelly Clarkson said, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's right. <laughs> so, um, but even in that, as, you know, as a pastor, one of the, one of the questions, uh, you know, 
especially in our in, in, in a lot of spaces, um, a lot of times I, I work with a lot of artists and and like a lot of CCM artists or a lot of pop artists, you know, that mm-hmm. aren't more black gospel or even people of color. And so the idea of being an artist and being a pastor isn't a thing to them sometimes. So you don't see like if Toby Mac doesn't have a church or or Michael right. W doesn't, you know, he's touring, but he isn't coming home every Sunday and have a church. It's, it's rare when you have the marks uh, of, of the world that's that's in um, uh uh, uh, when he's with a group and then he's coming back home. Yeah. He, what, what has that been like for you as both a artist and a pastor? Um, well, I mean, it, it's, it's been, it's been great. It's been challenging. Mm-hmm. It, it's, uh, but it's been more of a blessing than, than the challenges, you know, um, because first of all, I'm a church girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So pastor or not, I, 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 I understand the value of a local church, of being plugged in. And I think a lot of times as artists, we forget how bad we need it. Mm. We kind of think because we're out there and we're ministering the gospel and we're going from church to church, it's not the same. It's being submitted to a house. And um, I've done that throughout the years and understood the importance of getting back to church, knowing that you would miss some, but not making that the norm um, was always my goal because I had to go somewhere so I could get poured into so that I could have actually have something to pour out. Mm. Uh, and also to be able to be corrected, you know, not just surrounded by people who admire you for your music, but people who really know you. <laughs> and and so so being a pastor, when when God called my husband and I to pastor, um, I did take time off the road. I took time off the road, uh, didn't travel as much. I did a little spot dates here and there, but understood the importance of, because when you start out a church plant, it's like a baby, you have a baby. And so my husband and I really focused on making sure the church was taken care of and that the people were being nurtured and that, you know, all the things that come along with that, uh, so, so that was a little different, but it was fine because my prayer has always been, yes, Lord, whatever you want me to do at that time, if it's not on the road, then that's fine with me. I just want to be in the center of your will, you know? And so, so my time, I think probably for eight years, I didn't record for eight years. I, I sang here and there and the next song, should I say the next CD I put out with, was Let Them Fall in Love. And it had been eight years prior to that. And it was because we were so focused on the church. So it was it was different, but it was ministry. It was still ministry. And and now doing it on the road and coming back home um, again, it's something that I've always done as far as trying to get back on Sunday. I don't make it back on every Sunday, but more more Sundays than not. Mm. I, I'm there in the seats and, and, and in worship with my church. Yeah. And that's, you know, you always hear balance is what we we aim for. And it's hard to choose. How do you, it feels like you got a rhythm. How do you, how do you balance those two? Who are there people in your life who, you know, I know the Holy Spirit, but I mean, do you, do you have people yeah. like, hey, you need to set something down and pick some, you know, you have an artist career and the record's popping, you got to go tour. How do you right. balance all that? Well, I'm about to tour now and I'm touring for the most part. I'm doing three days a week. I mean, of course, when I was younger, I did a lot more days in a row. Um, but coming out now has been a while. 
Uh, so I'm doing three days a week and I'm doing for the most part is Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Mm. And I told them I want to be home on Sunday. <laughs> I want to be. And I know artists who I didn't realize. Let me see. Is it um, is it? No, not third day. Is it third day or mercy me? I think it's casting crowns, casting crowns, casting crowns. That's yeah. what I'm thinking of. I didn't realize until late later on that they've been doing it for years because they were pastors. They were youth pastors and music pastors and, and all of that. So it can be done, but you, you have to, you have to set the boundaries. You, you can, I can't allow my career to set my boundaries for me because I would, I wouldn't be, I probably wouldn't be married today if I had done that years ago, my kids wouldn't know who I was. So you have to have your priorities straight. And as an artist, you have to understand that if God called you to do it, He's going to make sure you can do it, but he wants you to have balance and you have to create those boundaries. So yes, I tell my managers, whoever's involved, this is the deal. I need to be home. <laughs> and, and yes, are there exceptions? Yeah. But, but it's, it's, it's that opposed to that being the norm. I'm, I'm always home as much as possible. Yeah. It's interesting. You say that cause you know, you talk about balance and it, and in this world, people you're almost asked to pick a side. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. You, know, you know, you may not have this answer, but like if somebody were to meet you in the air, you know, airport, and they and they had never heard of the winings, or had, for that matter, ever heard of music, <laughs> they said, "Hey, so what do you do? I mean, what would your tag? What would your LinkedIn tagline be? Pastor, artist, or does it depend upon the day? Or what do you feel like that? What do what do you?" I, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ, mm. <laughs> you know, um, and when that's the is that if that when that's the overall. If that's the main core of who you are, then it's really it's through that that you create the balance of everything else. Um, trying to put on different hats, is, it, it wears you out. It's too much. <laughs> so so I'm a I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. CC, a disciple who sometimes singing, sometimes she's preaching, sometimes she's being a grandma at home, but at all times it's the same person because if you don't do it like that, then you're not going to get the right balance. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? If you say, well, I'm just this, because then people will look at you as just this and they're not considering everything else. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that does. And even... I would love to, you know, even speaking to your church, I would love, uh, love, first of all, speak to the the cultural value of being multicultural. Um, mm. That's important. And, and a woman, you know, as, uh, as a husband and wife, and with, even with your son, you know, as leaders, you know, black leaders leading a multicultural conversation, what, mm-hmm. what have been and this, in this, and in the music space, what are the pain points? What are the, what are the struggles, but also what are the, the victories that you could highlight? Well, I just feel like that's what heaven is going to be. You know, multicultural is, is the church. That's we'll figure it out that's now. Church. Huh? So figure it out now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got to figure it out now. Um, and, and also at the same time, I mean, I'm a, I'm an African woman. I'm an African-American woman. Uh, I'm black, whatever, whatever the, the, the name is for us. Um, I was raised in a black church. Um, 
my parents always, when it came to music, we were exposed to all of the gospel music. They only allow gospel music in our home. But when I say gospel, I think of everybody, you know, second chapter of Acts, um, Andre Crouch, uh, you name it. It was, it wasn't about, we had all the different colors and genres in our house, but it was all gospel because it was, it was Christian based, you know? So we did, we never separated music with the color of skin. Mm. We, I, I, we didn't understand what that was, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and we were in an all black church and, and a black family and a black community, you know? Um, but our music, has always reflected and I've always been in my first, our first regular job, should I say, when it came to music, we, we started off at PTL, my brother and I, and we were the only black ones on there. <laughs> so we came and we were who we were. We didn't try to be anybody else. And they embraced us the way we were. They enjoyed what we brought to the table. And and so it's never been a black and white thing for me. I think it's so limiting when we do that, when we think everybody with dark skin sounds like a certain sound and that's it. Or everybody with light skin only sounds like this. I think it is very damaging and and we cut off so many good things when we try to put us in the box because of the color of our skin. Um, opposed to what style of music we sing, you know? Um, so, so, so in, in preaching, we do the same thing. My kids have always been around all people. And so when we started the church, they brought their friends and it was all people. <laughs> so a lot of times people ask us, well, how do y'all have diverse? How did you keep it? I'm like, that's the way it birthed out. And we just, we're who we are. We accept everybody for who they are. And we understand that when it's diverse, you're going to get the best mix you can ever get. It's always better when it's diverse. Mm -hmm. And I can honestly say, uh, first of all, I remember those PTL days. You see? <laughs> yeah. the, the, the Lord lift us up. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Lord lift us but, up. Um, but I can honestly say, I, you know, I've seen, I, I resonate with that talking about you specifically, I've seen mm -hmm. women of different ethnicities, age and stage, from my mom to my wife to my mm -hmm. daughter, every woman, I mean, honestly, you know, I have a friend who's, her name is Jill Park. She she said, if I got to sing with Cece, she would die. And then Cece was singing, <laughs> resurrect her back up, then she died. <laughs> she, but, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, but it's just people of different stages and life resonate something special in you. What would you say, it sounds like you're mentioning a little bit, you know, your upbringing. What do you think it is in you that connects with women and people and, and, and music lovers across the world? What do you think it's what do you what have you identified in yourself that you can say? You know, I. I, I really don't know. I mean, all I know is that I have been 100 percent of who I am. And I think people resonate with that. Mm. You know, I think it's so important that we all understand. And I give that credit to God. I give that credit to my parents. I give that credit to the atmosphere that my siblings and I grew up in. Um, 
that they really encouraged us just to be who we are. You know, even when you look at the Winans family, you know, we have Marvin who who makes us gets on all of our nerves because he's so good of a singer. You know what I'm saying? And and then you have you you have BB and you have Daniel who had more of a country type style. All of us were different, but we all celebrated one another and we understood our strengths and our weaknesses. But yet we knew we were part of the puzzle. You know what I'm saying? I think everybody had to understand that when we're all uniquely made and it's just like working on a puzzle. You can get a thousand piece puzzle or a 3000 piece puzzle. And if you're missing one piece, the whole puzzle's jacked up, <laughs> right? You do all that work. It's like, oh my God, where is that one piece? And, and I think when we understand the value of who we are, simply because that's the way God made us, then I think people relate to that. You know what I'm saying? I grew up with, with the Clark sisters who who were singers, you know what I'm saying? So I had to understand very quickly on in, 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 in my career, just be who you are. <laughs> Let God anoint what you have and you will know that it's not you, it's the anointing that God has put on you. Mm. And I believe that's why people have been blessed by what God has given me to offer because I know that it's gotta be him. Well, it's, I love talking with truly humble and talented people. <laughs> like a mutual friend of ours, like Tommy Sims. I talked to him a couple of days oh, ago. Oh, I love Tommy Sims. Oh, he's my I grew <laughs> oh. up base. I'm oh, my God. He's the best. Yeah, but I just talked to him about what, you know, music stuff. And he says, yeah, I play guitar. I'm like, no, Tommy, you play everything crazy great. <laughs> he plays everything. Yeah, he's that. That's, that's a, yeah, amazing. Yeah, you're, you're in that. Completely in that camp, but it reminded me of you. We were talking earlier about uh, your beloved uh, nephew and my good friend Juan about you yeah. know him talking about the, you talk about your family. He said that yeah. time when he wasn't sure he was going to go into the family business, um, like he did a session when he was like five or six and thought, oh, this is scary to me. And they, he kind of put it down till he was like sixteen, and then it right. kind of came back up. And but he got inspired by a few people around him, but. Who were those people that inspired a young Priscilla <laughs> to get into, or young Priscilla Marie to kind of go, you know what? I want to do music. Well, you know, first of all, we were, I was made to do it when I didn't want to do it. You know, the parents could care less what you wanted to do. Right. They, they, they recognized that we were gifted to sing and in music. And so we really didn't have a choice, my brothers and I, but, but I started it. We always loved it. We had fun you know, doing it. Um, but when I, whenever I saw, I don't know, I was inspired by a lot of people, um, but, but Tremaine Hawkins would be one of my favorites. Um, her voice was amazing, but she was such a lady, you know, to me, even to this day, she is just beautiful, beautiful inside and out. And I saw her love for the Lord as good as she could sing. And today her voice is still crystal clear. I just, oh my goodness. Um, but her love for the Lord was bigger than her gift. And, and I could see that. And uh, so inspired by her, inspired by Andre Crouch, um, his music was of quality. It was, again, the first concert I went of his, that was the first time I saw everybody. I saw diversity and I'm just like, oh my God, our music can do this, you know? 
and to see his international ministry that he had, you know. And so he really challenged my family and I to to give excellence. You know, that gospel music deserved excellence. And 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 so those would be probably the two people who inspired me the most. And then my family, just being with my siblings, you know, um, talking smack. <laughs> you know, you know, we would do family concerts growing up and everybody like, OK, we don't want to be the worst singer tonight. So you better, you know, because we're going to ride you if you are. So so that always inspires you to 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 do more and to, pr- to try to be your best self. But but. You know, singing gospel and sharing the good news, I'm inspired by by the love of God. You know, that's the thing that keeps you going, life itself. And and knowing that when we sing gospel music, we give life. Mm. One one thing I've heard, that I was going to ask you about your new single. Um, well, not new single, but the new version of Belief For It. Um, mm-hmm. but before I go there, is it true that this that record was your first worship album you recorded? First live record. First live one. Wow. Okay. That's crazy. I can't. I know. Because <laughs> I feel like you always sing live and you always do worship. <laughs> right. But live, I've always just did that on tour um, and never recorded. I, I, I recorded that. Um, it was a live video that I did, Throne Room. Um, but a live record, I never released it as a live record. Um, and I love the studio, you know, uh, I love being able to do it over and over and over again. And then, and so I just never took out time to, to do a live record. BB and I never did a live record. Um, they were all studio. So this is my first live record. Yeah. I do have a quick story. We were, um, you, me and Shannon Sanders, we were working on the, uh, yeah. Uh, your song in the studio. And I just remember he and I both in the studio, you were like, I want to fix something. I'm like, her fixes are most people's, uh, what they want to attain to. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but uh, but that's just crazy. But even speak to that belief for it. Like uh, you have a new Brazilian, is her name Gabriela Roca? That's right. So are you going to be speaking, singing in Portuguese? <laughs> I wish, I wish I had time to okay. learn any of it, but no, she will be singing in English on yeah, part of the song, on yeah, part of I mean, the song. Most of it, you know, I'm doing English, of course, and she's doing Portuguese and uh, yeah, she's amazing. She's amazing. And I was so honored that she was recording the song, um, but she's, she's, she's on fire for God. That little girl can sing and, and she has a heart for God. And so I'm excited about that. It seems like that song, first of all, that song, that record has impacted the globe. Um, how have you seen that? Obviously, you got an artist like she's from Brazil or she's yeah. from Portugal. You're from Brazil. Brazil, yeah. Yep. You got a Brazilian Brazil. artist, you know, that's resonating with with the. Have you? Are there other things that you've seen that that song and that record has done? Yeah, it 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 is it is being it is reaching around the world and touching people. Um, and it, it showed, it's showing me what I already knew. Mm. And, and that is this record, these songs are way bigger than me. You know what I'm saying? That was my prayer for it to be when, when I did this record during such a desperate time, 
uh, I had intercessors come. A lot of people don't know, but we couldn't have people really in the audience. And so I, I had a few intercessors come. I think at that time you could have 50 people. And, you know, doing your first live record, I thought I was going to be in front of 3,500 people, you know, and I'm like, what? I can't have anybody. So I was like, okay, Lord. But it was such a desperate time. I just had them interceding that God would anoint this record like never before. And that people who were isolated would feel his presence, that miracles would happen, that people who couldn't go to church would feel like they were in church, you know. And and that God would just do the miraculous with it, you know, that when people heard it, they wouldn't hear me, but they would hear him, you know, and that and and when I picked the songs, I picked the songs that would keep them in the right atmosphere, you know, throughout the whole. I can't I, I don't like when you're being jerked from one thing to something else, but but that flow. And, and so I wanted people to be touched by him and I wanted it to touch the world. And so when. When you hear Gabrielle doing it and, and hearing the testimony on why she's doing it, knowing that that song, Believe For It, which I, it was an amazing song that Kyle and, and Mitch Wong and Dewan Hill wrote. And, and I, I wrote the tag. Um, you said it. I believe it is done. Um, that's the, tell, just sorry to interrupt. <laughs> that's the sweet spot of that song. Because you can tell you're, it's, you're not just singing, you're prophesying. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 I realized it was a it was an urgency for the church and for the people who were hurting to hear that if you you still gotta believe, don't give up. You know, people were giving up. They they were literally fighting for their lives, you know, losing loved ones left and right. And it's just like you gotta keep believing for it. You gotta believe for the impossible. And and so it was, it was birthed out of urgency. And 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 so I just felt like it was something that the church needed to be revived. Yeah. So I'm excited about hearing about what it's doing around the world. It's just like, oh my God. Actually, I got a I got a text today from Dewan. He texted all of us um that's that were part of the recording of the record. And he got a testimony in, in, with this young lady who had a tumor. And she was on a worship team singing Believe For It. And while she was singing Believe For It, she felt something like click in her brain and went back to the doctor and the tumor is gone. <sighs> I got that today. I was like, what? That's yeah. Jesus. So so that's not me. That's not them. That that's That's God wanting to do something. So what an honor it is to be a vessel of his, but that was our prayer that miracles would happen. Yeah. Well, my last question, I won't hold you up. Um, just tagging off of that, if we believe for it, it, and I've worked at record labels, so I know you may maybe not be able to answer this question, but what new projects are you believing for ministry endeavors that you're working on that you're excited for uh, to see in the next few years? Well, um, <laughs> we're, we're we're talking about some things right now, but one thing I, I really want to do, I want to create something here in Nashville that people will come to see. You know, um, my time is not up. I thought it would be up <laughs> so I could be at home with my grandbaby, but it's not. Um but I want to create something that just like people come to the Grand Ole Opry 
and 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 listen. I just feel like if we could create, if God would bless me to create an atmosphere and and a and a, and a gospel presentation that people will come and experience who Jesus is, you know. So that's my that's something that I'm working on. Um, so I won't have to travel out as much. And then and then we're trying to figure out what the next musical uh, recording will be. I, I'm not for sure. I want to do something in me, want to do a record of just Andre Crouch. I feel like this younger generation needs to be connected to Andre Crouch. It's still good. It's just still one of the, it's just the most powerful catalog that, that I've ever heard. And so I want to do that, um, but, but not sure yet what, what the next one will be, but we're talking about it now. Whatever it is, I know for sure it's going to be amazing. <laughs> and I know I play bass. Well, I'm thank you. Oh, yeah, it's just true. <laughs> and I know as a bass player, uh, that's what I do, but I'm going to just throw it out. Oh, like, you do bass. So you produce and bass. Okay. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I do. But as far as a singer, if you want somebody to show before and after, you be the after. <laughs> <laughs> you should be the first one. Okay. Yeah. Like, oh, it gets it gets better. <laughs> No, thank you so much for your time. And thank you, you really, got it. Thank you. So much. you. This has been great. And we look forward to seeing all that's going to happen. And I'm excited to hear this new song, too. A new version of Bleed For It. Yeah. God all bless right. you. Thank God bless you. you. Love you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Love you, brother. This is Matt. Thanks for listening. Hey, let us know what's the main thing you learned from today's talk. Write it down in the comments. Send us a DM. We hope to hear from you soon.